Hey, this is Proudly Resents, ProudlyResents.com. This is Adam Spiegelman. Today, a great show, Mason Steinberg, writer for the Oscars, talks about the Oscars. What it was like to write for, why certain things got in, why certain things didn't. But we find out why there's a montage on the Oscars, why there's certain jokes got in, didn't, and jokes you never got to hear, what? You're going to hear them on this show. So when we start the show, I am already asking Mason Steinberg about the Oscars. What's going on? How did he end up with the job? You are listening to Proudly Resents. Oh, reason. I, I can't even hear you. Hi, this is Tony Wazell. Uh, proudly Resents. The Cult Movie Podcast. The Adam's Biggest Men Show. To all you Proudly Resents listeners out there, just remember... Can you talk about how you got the gig? I mean, uh, you've done a lot of writing, obviously. So yeah, yeah, I've, uh, yeah, I've been I've been a writer for a while. I my dad manages Billy Crystal, and they, you know, I found out when I found out he was hosting at the same time everyone else did because for some reason my dad won't tell me these things. Because he's always like that. What's yeah, that? he won't like before because my dad always like he writes a lot of material, and so. He, when he would work with Billy in the past, he would never tell me anything about the Oscars. Like, he'd be like, oh, is he going to do a song? He'd be like, I don't know. <laughs> well, why like, do you think? Because you're TMZ? Like, I, guess, <laughs> I, I guess. I mean, I assume. I mean, for people that grew up not in show business, like that if their dad works at like a car dealership, they would get to know if there were specials coming up early or something. <laughs> like, my dad is, he toes the company line. And uh, so I found out when I read Billy's tweet. He does like a private eye. I literally, like, it was like, Ratner dropped out, and like Eddie Murphy dropped out, and then I was like, all everyone was like, "Is Billy gonna do it? Is Billy gonna do it?" And I called my dad, and I was like, "So is he gonna do it?" Because I wanted it right on the show. Right, that's all. You yeah, yeah. I, was, I didn't give a shit if he did, or if what my dad was doing. And uh, he doesn't pay your rent. No, he, he doesn't. Not, yeah, what do you care? He hasn't for at least three months. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, your kid is six months old now. He's eight months old. Okay. See, uh, and so. I, I called him. I'm like, oh, is Billy going to do it? And he's like, I don't know. Oh, like, wow. I, like, I literally, I read the tweet. I called back. And then I was like, so Billy's doing it. And he's like, oh, I'm not, we're still not sure. And I was like, I read it on Twitter. And he goes, oh, okay, he's going to do it. Your da- do you think, do you know this or do you think your dad? Spoiler alert. I think that's what he's, uh, I don't know. And, no, no. But <laughs> you think as soon as Ratner, you know, said the F-bomb or quit, your dad was like, all right, we're in. Yeah, well, actually, uh, Ratner had talked with my dad about Billy hosting before Eddie, uh-huh. but uh, that's a whole other thing. But uh, he, he, they they thought that he might be doing it before Eddie Murphy signed up, and then turns out he wasn't, and then as soon as Ratner was gone. Was it Eddie because of Ratner, you think? I mean, your guess? I think so. Yeah. I Yeah. People I mean, are pretty open that they don't like him. He just like, he just proved to be such a dick bag, like you know, like usually like because uh like I'm a big like Howard. Easier for you to hold the mic. No, I'm just moving. Okay, is good. that better? Yeah, yeah. The uh, it's, I, I was leaning forward and it was awkward. I'm gonna raise it up so we hear some clanging. There you go. Oh, that's much better. Sorry, I'm not used to talking into a microphone. Go ahead. Uh, the, the 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 thing is like. He like he he made the fag comment, which was like a bad idea, and then uh, he went on Howard Stern to like defend himself, and like I found that like usually when someone goes on Howard Stern, like 
if they're a decent person after they're done talking, like you're like, oh, that guy was the best, or like, oh, he's because like a normal person. They're always honest. Yeah. And if you're honestly a good person, it comes out. Yeah, exa- Howard. exactly. Or, yeah. Like you, like the you know the the artifice is gone, and like I remember because like they rerun Howard all the time. Like my wife and I heard this interview like at least three or four times, and it was just like every time you're like, oh god, what a he just seems like a terrible person. Like every, and then like, cause like Howard would confront him on something and then he'd be like, Oh yeah, I lied when I said that. Oh wow. yeah. I just made that up. I was nervous and I just made an excuse. And then he would like make an excuse for something else. And it's like, so is this a lie? Like he just, he was terrible. Yeah. So why go on Howard if you're not going to be honest? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And so, uh, so then Billy did it and, uh, I actually, I had to, uh, do a packet like, you know, which is weird because, it went to my dad. <laughs> and, like, it's it's this weird, like, sort of in-between thing where he he obviously wants me to get the job. He's my dad. But, like, he can't push for it. Like, mm-hmm. he can't be like, oh, I really think Mason is good because, I mean, like, he's, like, serving me and not his – like, he has to work for his client, which is Billy. And, uh, I mean, Billy, like, has obviously known me his whole life or my whole life. He's, he's a couple years older. And, uh, <laughs> at, at least six. And, uh, so that was it. I mean, I did a packet and Billy said he really liked it. So Billy looked at it. Yeah. It yeah. was, yeah. He, it, Billy was the one that so made the advantages that you knew about it. It got, to, I mean, you're also a professional writer. It isn't like you were just, you know, I mean, you're a real writer. Yeah. So, but, and some of the other guys who worked on it didn't have to write a packet. No, those like, but those, those guys, guys had been 60. working. Yeah. Those guys have <laughs> been working with Billy forever. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it was. I mean, so I had to do a packet. And like, the weird thing is that, like, you would, like, when we were shooting the opening and stuff, like, you'd go to, like, Paramount, and uh, the guard would be like, There's a David Steinberg here, too. Do you know him? And I'm like, Yeah, it's, it's my dad. Or, like, uh, you know, Hey, is that your brother? And, wow. Your brother? Yeah. Our, my parents are infinity years old. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, no, I'm a, I'm a vampire. It's uh, I'm really 65. I know. Or however old my dad is. Yeah, it's like, yeah, right. How are you not as old as your dad? People don't know. Yeah. But they would actually recognize the other name on the list. Yeah, they'd see. Cause and the in names... Hollywood, say it's nepotism? You're like, there's somebody with the same last name? I, I couldn't believe it. More than one Jew <laughs> and a lot in Paramount? <laughs> Get them off. What are the odds? You tipped over the little We've bit. got a Goldberg here, too. Do you know him, too? <laughs> Do you know this Goldberg? Lowenthal? <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, what did you think about how the Oscars turned out? I want to fuck uh, with the mic again. Sorry. I'm going to tell you. It's okay. Go ahead. Is that better? It's better. Yeah, yeah. The closer, the better. Sorry. That's all right. Uh, I, I, I thought it was good. I, uh, you know, it, it, it definitely, like, like I, Billy has, like, a different attitude about doing it. I what think. is that? What he, is that? He's very reverential towards the Academy and, like, the idea of the Oscars. So it's like he's... He's like, this is like some a great night for someone and a shitty night for four out of five people. Like, you don't want to shit on them. And right. he, and he's like, I, you know, he's like, you sort of have to. You don't gain anything by making their night worse. Yeah, but I've seen other hosts. I forget where I was watching. They were shitting on people who weren't in the room. Mm-hmm. It is weird when like see, Chris Rock or Sarah Silverman shits on people who are sitting right there. That's the I think shitting on someone who's there like. Oscars and like ceremony and like pomp and circumstance, like aside, like I think if you're gonna shit on someone, you should shit on someone in the room. Why? Because at least like th- you're doing the joke to their face. 
Like they, you know what I mean? Like yeah. it's not a cowardly thing. So they cut to Kid Rock and he's like, come on, I'm just here to lose an award. That was, that was the best Oscar ceremony ever. <laughs> the one where Kid Rock was sent the ceremony. It was, uh, that was the one sponsored by Miller High Life, right? <laughs> yeah, that was, was the one where the host had no sleeves. <laughs> yeah, was, it was uh, good. It was, uh, that was hosted by Larry the Oscar guy, right? <laughs> that, was, that guy is great. <laughs> Get her nominated. <laughs> Get her one. Get her one. Yeah, that was a great. That was at the uh, Kodak trailer. <laughs> Why the one? This is the Fuji. Oh, that was a great joke. Was that your joke? The uh, we all pitched on it because like we like followed the story, and like that's one of the things, especially like the veteran guys are like follow the stories. Like wow. Like re, you know what I mean? Like see what's going on because I guess one year they did it. Like all the Oscars had been lost in the mail. And yeah. so, like, they had written, like, a ton of jokes, and then they turned up, like, that day. And it's like, ah, oh, they were like, fuck. They like, we, we had lost, like, 15 pages of jokes. So, like, we were all pitching stuff. You know, each of the writers were pitching, you know, our own, you know, ideas for the theater. Mine was, the one I was pushing for was the I Can't Believe It's Not Butter Theater. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So it was the Chapter 11 Theater. Yeah. That's and great. then I also had a... If you lived here, you'd be home by now, theater. Because <laughs> I was like, those signs. It's also, if you lived here, you'd live right next to a freeway. Yeah. Like, That's, and it's it, a shittier slogan than you'd be home by now. It's not a very good slogan. Yeah. It wouldn't sell it. It's all right. So did they take the, the codec down, the sign? No, it was still up there. Like, I thought, I, they just, like, they were like, don't mention it. Don't men like, it's the Hollywood and Highland Theater. Right, which they should have called it in the first place. It is, or, you know. Right, and so you can. I think Hot Topic, the Hot Topic at Hollywood and Highland, is stepping in and sponsor it. It's uh, it's Jack Skellington Oscars next They're year. Selling a lot of black bracelets. <laughs> Did you come up with bits to write on? Yeah, I mean, Billy came in with most of the open stuff. Like you know, he had the idea for the Beaver thing. He had the idea for the shit pie from the Help. He had the uh, like, he came in with most things, and uh, he just like he he puts a lot of effort into it. He really, like, does the joke math really well. So he's, like, one of those guys that, like, you pitch him a joke, and then he starts thinking about it. You can, like, see the wheels turning where it's, like, he knows who the butt of the joke is. He knows what the funny part of the joke is. He knows what the setup is. He, you know what I mean? Like, and that's how it gets through, because he's pretty much the head writer. So he'll go through his head if yeah. the audience is going to like it and how they're yeah. going to respond. And it's like, you know what I mean? Like, it'd be like, uh, we have a joke that's sort of like that. Or I've seen someone do a joke similar. Like, he really takes all of that stuff into account. And he's done it a hundred times. I mean, yeah. Was there things he's like, we can't do this again? hundred two times. Yes. Well, we did what we did a bit called What Are They Thinking? And he wasn't sure if he wanted to do it again because he had done it in a few of the other ones. I think it's a good bit. Yeah. it was funny. Well, you get to see all the celebrities, too. I mean, yeah. I think that's the big thing. Yeah. Yeah, you get to see the celebrities. But it's that thing of making fun of someone who's in the room. You know what I it mean? It wasn't like, that mean, though. No, no, that's what I'm saying. It definitely wasn't mean. He didn't want it to be mean. We definitely, like, things that were written were much meaner. Well, your sensibility is kind of mean. Yeah, it, which is weird, because I'm, I'm a real, I'm an asshole. <laughs> I mean, by, I mean, you, you agree. I mean, we spent. Oh, no, I'm not a fan of yours. <laughs> I mean, I'm a fan of your writing. Don't get me wrong. <laughs> and of your hat, and of your kid, and your wife's very nice. But, uh, no, you're a dick. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's sort of my thing. Yeah. It, it's, it, you know Mason? You mean the dick? Oh, the dick? He's the half writer? Half writer <laughs> dickhead? Yeah, yeah. No, I know On that guy. Father's side? Yeah. yeah. Not so much. <laughs> so it's like, yeah, no, my, like, usually my sensibility is to just go, like, really mean at someone uh -huh. and, like, point out obvious flaws or not so obvious flaws. Or just flaws. Yeah, just, yeah. And I guess any of your flaws I would, I would, I like to point out. 
for the uh, you know as long as they bother you. <laughs> Anyone who's okay with their flaws, I, I don't. I have no, no interest. Yeah, no. Yeah, you got one eye and you're proud of it. <laughs> yeah, no, it's what's the fun? Exactly, exactly. If you own whatever your flaw is, I, I don't care about it. Rejection is like it's a huge terminus because it's like if eighty guys it's, are pitching on one line or a bit, yeah, one's gonna get it. it might not be yours. There's less yeah. chance it's yours. Yeah, it's you know what I mean. Like it's it, it's definitely. I think timing is part of it, you know, but, but then also like, you know, sometimes like the first joke that gets in is just the one that everyone immediately latches onto where you're like, that's the joke. I'm just going to write anything else that comes out is not going to pale in comparison. Like it's what Billy's also really good at is remembering the jokes. You'll pitch a joke and then he'd be like, oh, Eddie had a joke like that two weeks ago. Then like the writer's assistant has to go back and find the joke. And then you're like, oh yeah, that is the better joke. Or, like, sometimes you combine the two. So what are some of the things that you brought? The focus group thing with the uh, the Chris Guest thing. That was great. It was originally we were doing other movies, and we were going to do uh, Casablanca and the Academy. It was like, uh, nobody knows what Casablanca is. Oh, that's what's hard about doing any of these yeah. bits. Yeah, and it's like, what do you mean? Like, they were, And there were, like, great jokes for it. Like, not not mine, per se. Yeah, okay, definitely not mine. But, like, they're, you know, like... I, I, most people would send in a version of uh, aren't people going to be aren't the Nazis going to be upset that they're portrayed in a negative light in this movie that <laughs> <laughs> everyone had a version of that or like uh, uh, do we want really want to spoil the end of World War II <laughs> or uh, I kept pitching referring to uh, Sam as the colored fella because oh, no. <laughs> for some reason old timey races it like it's uh, but, but it's so weird because you, you're doing a, a the bit was these people were um focus groups back in the you know for these iconic movies. movies that like you know everybody knows and loves except they don't think anyone knows or loves them yeah, yeah. well i think they think people love them they don't know them yeah godfather they we got nothing it was uh like there were so many movies that were just shot down like Van Wilder's classic? Like I don't Oh know no, that was in. That was the, that was that was, the, that was the Academy pitched us. Oh okay. They but, but then they like how far back can you But go? then the problem was there's no notes for it. They're like there's no absurdity to point out in Van Wilder. Yeah, it's too or, good. Or or the rise of Taj. Is that Yeah, good. that was good. That was overlooked by the way. Yeah. Another classic snub. That in Biodome. So <laughs> So they so they said uh Godfather was people didn't know? Yeah, Godfather. Why like, would people know um Wizard, Wizard of Oz. I think they were just like, because it's on all the time. It's a Wonderful Life was one that we, that yeah, we pitched. They, they, didn't, they said no. Everyone knows that. Yeah, no. No, they don't. Wow. I'm sorry. Was that a movie? I don't know what that was. I went to see it. They showed it at... Uh, or the Arrow? Arrow. Because now I live over there because I'm Jewish. Whoa. Yeah, whatever. Things are going well. Doing well for yourself. Unemployment checks are pretty high. <laughs> at least 450 a week. Whoa. Uh, yeah. Is that... That's, what, that's what you're taking home? That's what I'm taking home. Wow. No, no, that's before taxes. That's before taxes. Yeah, after taxes. A little bit of a hit, you know. <laughs> but listen, I live in, you know, hey. a fancy spot. But you're you're probably only paying 15%. Like, you're on that Mitt Romney tax plan, right? Yeah, I'm doing all right, you know, because I, I like the sport. of <laughs> <laughs> my <a> chauffeur. <laughs> but uh, so the Arrow Theater was showing, um, it was Wonderful Life on Christmas Eve, and it was packed with Jews. Well, also, well, yeah, it's Jews or, Night at the Movies. Or the night before Christmas, but either way, yeah. That's Jews Night at the Movies, and then you go for Chinese food the next day. Yeah. I know, I'm half. You're half, you're half writer, half Jewish. <laughs> exactly. So what other uh, bits did you guys have? There were a lot of uh, jokes about not understanding the tree of life. <laughs> <laughs> that was uh, That's great. 
There was a lot. Everything went to not understanding Tree of Life. Uh, so why did they did that get on, or there was just too much of it? There was there was. I we ended up just doing the the thing in the medley. Billy just had the the, the mention in the medley. Uh-huh. There was a good. What are they thinking? That I don't know who wrote it for Brad Pitt, where it was like uh, his thought was. You know, I went to the Chipmunks movie and I didn't really get it, but I don't go running up to the director every five <laughs> seconds saying, what's it about? It's so hard to understand. Why does it have to be so confusing? And did that get cut for time or? No, we ended up doing the, they ended up doing the six kids joke, which I thought was funny. Yeah. Uh, I hope this wraps up soon because I have six parent teacher conferences in the morning, <laughs> that was which great. I thought was good. Like I thought it was a good joke on, like it's a good adopting joke without being the same adopting joke that everyone else does. Was there anything you wish they hadn't done um, or done differently? No, I mean, I, I see the reasoning behind all of the different... Because you're in there. Yeah. Yeah. It's, you know what I mean? Because, like, it, we've sort of thought about all of these different instances, and, like, we're, we're mentioning, like, Tree of Life is confusing here. We don't want to mention it over here. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, yeah. so it's like you sort of, you you have to figure what, uh, I forget the term. Well, pick your battles. Yeah. Exactly. And what about the montage? Like, was there anything, well, he's done the montage before, we shouldn't do it again, or do you feel like people wanted to see that? Uh, I, I always think people want to see it. And I mean, like, I mean, Billy was really like one of the first people to do it and he does it really well. It's a great place to take a quick break. Oh my God. Boom. There he said it. Hey, thanks to everyone who wished me well when I was sick. That was very nice of you. That was mostly done on our Facebook page. Go there. You can talk about the show. You can talk about movies that you like. If you have a bad movie night coming up and you want to promote it or a cult movie night or movie night coming up, feel free to promote it on our Proudly Resents Facebook page. For instance, April 14th at Meltdown Comics in Los Angeles. Horrible Movie Night is back, and they're showing, yes, Alien Private Eye. About an Alien Private Eye. Fantastic. I will be there, so hopefully you'll be there. Let me know if you're going to go. We'll carpool. We'll figure it out. It'll be a lot of fun. All right. All right. Hope you enjoyed the episode. Let me know what you think. If there's other questions you want to ask Mason, he'll be back on the show. Put it on our Facebook page or email me at reachadamandmac.com. I am on Jim and Eddie Talk Shit podcast and on the Paul Global podcast. One is very popular. One is recorded with a tin can. All right. If you found this interesting and all, tweet it out. Put it on your Facebook page. Tell other people about it. Share the wealth. I don't have to reintroduce who I am. I'm speaking with Mason Steinberg. We are, had, they, are they all this smooth? No, they are, yeah, at the end of the day, you're my eighth <laughs> one. I've been up since 9 a.m. I did, um, Andrew, the head of the Razzies, and then I did, did, talked about Celebrity Apprentice. Oh, I, I love then Celebrity I did, Apprentice. You watch it? I do. Every week? I do. Yeah. So. I, I think it's a really, like, I don't know if this is a popular opinion, but I think it's a really good show. Especially this season, like, the level of celebrity, I think, is perfect. Perfectly. <laughs> wow, is that low, high, medium? It's, like, it's right where it needs to be. It's, like, you know who every one of these people are. Right. Except for the hot lady. Because there's always a mysterious hot lady, and yeah. she's, like, crazy hot. This year is different than the other years. Yeah. Because she's hotter. Yeah, she's the hottest of all the hot ladies. Yeah. 
but like everyone and you're like oh i can totally see why debbie gibson hasn't worked in 15 years <laughs> there's so oh, much no. face work in this season there's a lot of face work but then there's also like well first of all victoria Gotti looks like that lady gremlin Gremlins <laughs> too <laughs> right <laughs> with a wig yeah oh my god yeah i i keep expecting her to go fuck tony randall gremlin <laughs> after she got kicked out and that, they did that in the movie right they fucked oh i didn't see the sequel you didn't see gremlins too i've never seen gremlins actually you got first of all gremlins once scared the shit out of me that's I why scared, i didn't see it scared like literally scared <laughs> the shit way out of too me. young for that it was one of the scariest things i've ever seen like at that's... that age i love it now but like gremlins 2 i have a theory on it that like uh basically they were like all right joe dante we're gonna let you make gremlins too and uh and he was like ah, oh uh, thanks and he's like but I, I bet i'm never gonna be able to make another gremlins movie ever again so i'm gonna do every possible gremlins joke i can think of i heard it was totally out of control it's nuts it's insane like at one point like they break the fourth wall and hulk hogan is screaming in a theater like by the way you don't have to see gremlins 2 to, or gremlins 1 to follow gremlins 2. I assume I've seen, you could just see critters. Ghoulies. Ghoulies. I wouldn't watch any of those. It really just grossed me out. I, I don't like scary movies. Me neither. But, like, that scared the shit out of that. And uh, when I was a kid, that scared me. Uh, the most, and the thing that scared me the second most was someone describing The Exorcist to me in second grade. <laughs> <laughs> Some kids saw the, like, edited for TV, like, ktla version oh even that's scary and like was talking about it at school and that scared the shit out of me i didn't sleep for like two days i saw the shining on regular tv and that just <laughs> oh no we saw halloween my brother and i on <laughs> channel two on cbs and you know it's obviously cut to hell and we were scared shitless we were in our parents yeah. bed they were out and then they come in they get the key in the lock like, oh my god <laughs> i think halloween three scared me like that I haven't seen any of the other ones. That well, like watching bad movies, people are like, oh, you got to watch these bad horror. And it's like, it's got to be really bad that it's not yeah. scary. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, like, I don't want to jump. Like, it's like, <laughs> that's the thing. Oh, don't you love it when it makes you jump? No. No. I fucking hate that. What about roller coasters? I, I like roller coasters. I don't get it. It's same, me, I don't get It's the same with scary movies. Why would I get in one? Oh, see, I like roller coasters. I, uh, I, enjoy, uh, I enjoy a roller coaster. Uh... I don't enjoy Mission to Mars in the Disney World. Have you ever been on that? No. It's like... Oh, it's boring, right? It's like they use centrifugal force to make oh, you no, feel like you're shooting up to okay. Mars. But, like, you have to stare at, like, a screen that's, like... I don't know, what's that? Like, six inches by three inches? Uh-huh. And if you don't... If you look anywhere else than that little, like digital screen that you get insanely car sick oh <laughs> like my you're, god like it's like then you realize that you're spinning like if you look away from that mm -hmm. and it's like it's called uh I, I don't remember we either called it mission to puke or uh it was, it was some sort of witty version of uh you're going to throw up right and that's where how you got you got to the oscars and that's, with wit like that yes and that was uh that was actually the the original opening of the film oh the of the show i uh the teacups make me vomit on the I used to be able to spin, but I can't. Well, we're talking about the Oscars. Mason, of course, wrote for the Oscars. We'll bring him back. Okay, so here's a guy that stole jokes from me at one show. Does that happen? I mean, I haven't heard anything. I'm just asking blindly. Do people say, like, you stole that bit or Billy Crystal yes. stole that bit? That must, right? Yeah. I mean, well, it's like, it, it, that, that, I mean, I, I didn't see anything afterwards. Like, I, I mean, I know it always happens. It's like, yeah. literally, that, like, you know, it's, Oh, of course we stole this joke from someone in fucking shit-ass fucking Nebraska. Yeah. Like, no, like, you mean the guy who's been in comedy 50 years with a staff 
of ten like of the top writers in comedy and me <laughs> <laughs> are are like of course we went to that to steal your joke. We could not have possibly thought of the same joke. Right, you got ten guys, like you said, the best writers. So they're writing. Con- you guys are writing a million jokes. Ten yeah. guys, ten million jokes. You're not gonna have the same take on one movie on and, the artist or whatever. And also, it's like it. A lot of times, like it's not the same joke. Like I, I can't think of an instance from from this, but like on other things, like people have been like, "Oh, you stole that joke," and it's like that's not the same joke. It's I mean, just... I'll admit when I steal a joke. Like I mean, sometimes I'll do it and I don't forget it. Like I, I do forget that I. That you heard, heard the, the joke, joke before. Somewhere. That happens. And then, like, if if I've seen the movie or, like, the television show where, like, the joke was, like, I'll admit it. Like, oh, that is where I must have seen it. I didn't realize it. Right. I, I would think anyone would admit it, though. Like, Why would he hire it? ten writers and then steal a joke from a guy, an open micer or something? When he could have just hired that fucking genius. Or given him ten bucks. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The fucking feedback in Bloomfield. <laughs> Of course. Oh, that's where all the good jokes come from. Oh, no. Yeah, no. We, I always, you'll find me in the back of the room at Banana Chips, open mic night. And <laughs> well, that, I feel like, to be honest, I know you, you've written for Ron Williams, and obviously you know him really well, but I think that whole bad rap he gets, I mean, he's admitted some stuff, but he, it's I, also, it's just concept too, right? He's, like, Robin is one of the quickest minds I've ever seen, and one of the nicest people. Like, if he ever thought, that he was taking someone's joke, like it would drive him crazy. Like he he tr- he goes out of his way not to be that person, right? You know, and like and if he does, like if you're like, oh, this sounds kind of like what you did, like even if it's something that he's never heard, he'll you know. I think after years of being accused of it, he uh, it's hypersensitive. Yeah, he's super he's super hypersensitive. Yeah, but you know who's not hypersensitive? Carlos Mencia, <laughs> <laughs> like other people actually steal jokes. They're not as hypersensitive. Well, the the the, uh, the the whole. I mean, what was great was that that thing on Louis with him and Dane Cook, where like he went through it and he was like, "You really think that like, I, I mean, it was such a great like example of both sides because he's like, do you think that like when I'm cranking out all of this material, I'm gonna steal this joke from you?' And Louis was like, "It's a good joke." Like, of course, I think he would steal that joke from me. Like, it was... I think it's great. You know? Yeah, if, yeah. I, I, I mean, I can see the other side of it, too. This guy who was a PA that I worked with kind of stole a joke that I wrote on Twitter once. And, like, I'm not a big Twitter writer. And, like, I happened to write this joke. And then he wrote a joke that was, like, almost exactly the same, like, four days later. I hated him. I wanted him to die. Uh-huh. Like, so it's like... <laughs> but what does it matter? Like, first of all, you have living proof that you wrote it first. Time yeah. snap. But... Also, fuck his, his cousin and his four people were uh, happy to see it. You know. Yeah, 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 I mean, it was Dane Cook, but what? He's a yeah. PA now. <laughs> yeah, no. It's, well, what it's about rough uh, times? Pat Oswald. This kid stole a Pat Oswald bit for. Oh, his that was spe- great. Did you, have speech? you ever seen the whole like video of that? That kid doing like an entire Pat Oswald routine? No, but it, uh, to me, it makes sense. Like, if it wasn't a video age, he would have got away with it. No oh, one yeah. would have known that it was Pat Oswald. He might not have even found it. But it's just you get busted now. You can't do that shit. You're a kid. It's not professional. But. I, my, a friend of mine, uh, Omar, who's like a he's a director. It was actually I was his director's. He and I grad. He graduated the year before me in high school or in college. And then I was his assistant on a movie, which made me feel great about myself. <laughs> like, yeah, oh, in a year I'll well. be, oh, yeah, no, it's oh, totally in a year I'll be directing a movie and not getting him coffee. But he was the greatest. Dude. Like, we had a lot of fun. Like, we're still friends. But, like, he told me a story. He grew up in uh, Beirut 
and uh, and then in Cyprus also. And he said that like he would listen to like Woody Allen comedy albums like when he was a kid. Uh-huh. And he got up when he had like a talent show when he was like ten and just did fifteen minutes of Woody Allen jokes like literally verbatim from the album. And he said it was like this, you know, twelve-year-old Arab kid doing <laughs> talking about his therapist. Wow! And like all this stuff. Like my yeah. friend's Eggs Benedict, who's crossing the street in Manhattan. <laughs> Excuse me. He said it wasn't a moving violation. And he was like, he was my like, wife. He's like it destroyed. And then he's like, but now, like as an adult, thinking back, he's like, I don't think they laughed because the same reason I thought. It was funny. They just thought it was weird. <laughs> that I was. Well, this is the cadence. They might not even spoke English. This is the cadence. Is there. Hey, I'm just I'm hunting moose. State New York. <laughs> well, we were talking about the Oscars. What about the people's expectations, right? Yeah, I, uh, I, I thought that Billy should have got a standing ovation when he came out. I mean, I thought that he, because he got one last year. When he came out during the James Franco. Oh, because they were so fucking dying last year. But, like, it's still it's still the same guy. You know what I mean? Like, I... Yeah. I don't know. It just seemed weird. Like, it's... Do you think he expected a standing ovation? I don't know. I don't know, because I... Like, there were three writers with him, and then the rest of us were in a different room, like, texting in jokes. Uh-huh. You know, like... How does that work? Who do you text to? You text to the other to the writers that are in the room. They pitch it to Billy. Yeah. Directly? Well, they they sort of call it down to what they like. I got one in during the show that was a. Uh, it was after Christopher Plummer won, and I texted in that the after this Christopher Plummer win, like the median age of Oscar winners has gone up to sixty seven. Uh huh. And uh, it was like our room was up next to the stage. Here's here's your uh, behind the scenes Oscar poop. Yeah, yeah. And uh, so there's like the Cirque du Soleil people were all there. And uh, I had to poo, like, real bad. <laughs> and so, but I didn't, uh, so I couldn't go. They, all the Cirque du Soleil people were outside of our room, and it's like, in the Kodak, there's not a lot of private bathrooms. So uh, I was like, oh, God, I don't poop around all these Cirque du Soleil people. <laughs> and so <laughs> I went downstairs. I texted in the joke. I went, ah, they're still there. And then I went downstairs to, like, a faraway corner, and I went and I pooped. And uh, it was quick. It, was, it wasn't a long one. And so I wash my hands. Always wash your hands. And uh, I I leave and I come like I'm going back up and like I see that the show has started back up because it was like a commercial break. And uh, I, I just duck into someone's office and Billy does my joke. Oh wow! Like it was like literally like I texted it in. I pooped. <laughs> I don't know why I need to tell the poop part of the story, no, but I think great. it makes it funnier. Yeah, yeah. And uh, after I pooped, uh, you pooped out the joke. What was the joke? It was uh. uh so like Christopher Plummer's win after Christopher Plummer's win, the median age for Oscar winners has risen to sixty seven or something. It was something along those lines that like he'd raised the average Oscar winner age because uh-huh. he was so old, and because <laughs> uh, he's an old guy. I don't get won. it. Oh, wait a uh, okay, you see, on one end of the spectrum, you have Anna Paquin. Okay, okay, <laughs> keep going. <laughs> then after that, you have uh, you have your Tatum O'Neills. <laughs> yeah, she was young at the time. She yeah, was she young. was young. She, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not sure if she's still young. But no, she's not. <laughs> she, you think she'll be on Celebrity Apprentice next year? She's got to be at some point. I hear she's crazy. What did you feel about the reaction after the the Oscars? Uh, I, I didn't think... I mean, I think people knew that Billy was going to be... That Billy was a safer choice. By nature, he's not going to go out there and be an edgy choice. And also because, like... 
Ricky Gervais did that at the Golden Globes and like has been doing that at the Golden Globes. So it's like even if he's going to come out and do like edgy sort of more in your face stuff. Yeah. It's like, well, he just did that. You know what I mean? It's like someone else just did that a month before. And by the way, Ricky Gervais keeps saying that he does it. And then you watch it and you're like, you're really not. This one wasn't. Like, Yeah, why is the, that? The first think? two I thought, this is the third time he did yeah, it. Yeah. The first two I thought were edgy. And like, what the kind of fucked up thing that Ricky Gervais did was that like, he would tell a joke as someone was walking out that didn't know that a joke was being told. As they're walking out, he's making a joke that's shitting on them. I mean, technically, they're in the room, but they don't know it's coming. Uh-huh. Like, if you... Like, they should know that it's coming. Like, we... Uh, I, I wrote on the Emmys this past year. Uh-huh. And uh, with Jane Lynch. And, like, the only time she shitted on anyone that was coming out was the Entourage joke. Which I don't remember. I think, I think Jill Soloway wrote that joke. That was a funny it, joke. It was, it was a great joke. It was, was it, like, five? The, the reason I'm a lesbian. Yeah, you yeah. Know, ladies and gentlemen, the reason I'm a lesbian, the cast of Entourage. I mean, you gotta love that joke. Oh, it's a great joke. And you, I mean, even for them, like, come and we on. and we told them. Oh, okay. Like we were like, and like, so Piven was like, "Can I get a, a joke?" No. And I was like, <laughs> I was like, "Sorry, dude." <laughs> you did? No, no. It, what did and you then say? He, he and I went back and forth, and what we came up with was a uh, keep it going for Owen Wilson. <gasps> That's and, great. And like, it's a good, it's a good like joke back. And like, Jane has a good sense of humor; she would be fine with it. And like. He, you know what I mean, and like he gave Piven something to say, and like it, you know, just shows it like it's, yeah, it's all in good fun. That's like the first two years of the Golden Globes, especially the first year with Rick, with Gervais. Like, the people came out and they were just fucking shocked. Like they were like, did he really just say that about well, me? Well, Mel Gibson, it was funny, but now Mel Gibson has to come out. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. I wrote intros for a host once, and they were always mean, and he's like. You can't do that because now I got to talk to him for six minutes. Yeah, exactly. And it's true when they'd walk out and they'd be like, "What?" The, Jimmy Dore talks about that. He was on a late night show and the guy made a joke saying uh, he's performing blah 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 and his address is, you know, three two one Fairfax, whatever. Was that three two one? Three two one, right there. And he uh, he walked out and he's like, "What the fuck? Was that a jab? Was it a joke? Is yeah. it? Am I supposed to say something?" Right. So they should just be straight intros usually. Yeah, like it, it's. Or, I mean, you can make a joke. Like, it's just, like, you shouldn't shit on them. I think Chris Rock did it really well. Cyrus Silverman yeah. did it well. and That's what they do, though. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, they expect it more from them. Like, it's like, that's not what Billy does. And I think he got he got shit on for that, unfairly. That yeah. was it. I, I, I mean, I do think people, you know, I, I there was some good reaction. No, no, it was, it was mixed. I think people got mad about the Sammy thing. You know, he's been doing that for 100 years. Yeah. And he, it's not blackface. It's a guy in black makeup. There's that's a difference. What, that's what I agree. Like, I, I, I think that it's not... That's the thing. Like, he's not doing a caricature. First of all, I mean, like, he was he friends is. with Sammy. But he was... He was but it's a bit, and like, he's playing a black person. He's, but he's so. not doing, like, a random black person. He's doing a character. He's doing a person. Like, he's specifically doing Sammy. But I think the problem is... It's the same thing when in the Grammys when Paul McCartney's playing for a half hour and kids are tweeting, who yeah, the hell is this guy? Exactly. It's like people don't know. The, yeah. the audience who doesn't supposedly know Casablanca, they don't know Sammy Davis Jr. Exactly. That, so, that, that, was, that was the thing. I mean, I think that would be the argument against doing it. That Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah, I could definitely see Except that. Except I was psyched to see him do Sammy. I He does a role against Sammy Davis. And, like, he... Uh, who else is he going to do in the in the back of a car of a long time ago? It's like telling Woody Allen, you can write this movie by going to the 20s, but don't use Fitzgerald. 
Because no one yeah. knows who that is. Don't use it, whoever. And then, but then you know, yeah, exactly. I don't read. And like the apparently, don't use <laughs> I mean, Dr. You know, Seuss. Don't don't use book people. <laughs> <laughs> you can put this in later, right? Yeah, I'll you leave know, a space. Don't use don't Flappers. use Michael Crichton. I don't know <laughs> the twenties version of Michael Crichton. You know what I'm trying to say? You know, uh, kind of like Stephen King, but in the twenties. <laughs> you know what I'm trying to say? I haven't read a book since I had to. You know what I'm trying to get at? <laughs> I work at TV for a reason. Reading tweets is a lot makes my head hurt. <laughs> I skip anything longer than a paragraph. Yeah, no, it's... And I think the idea of him killing Hitler is funny. I mean, someone actually tweeted it. Like, we we wrote it and we shot the film, and then, like, two weeks before the Oscars, someone tweeted, uh, how come Owen Wilson didn't go kill Hitler in Midnight oh, really? Paris? Yeah, someone tweeted it. And I was like, oh, fuck. Like, that's funny. You know, because it's... I forget who pitched the joke originally, but it was. You know. But again, it's the thing of you got a hundred monkeys in a room typing on a typewriter. You're gonna come up with the same joke. Exactly. No offense. No, no, I, I took offense. Do you want to say anything about the Russell Brand show? What it's gonna be like? Uh it's uh, it's sort of like a weird, like hybrid stand-up, uh, political sort of. Like I think the the. Russell describes it better, but it's sort of. Sure, because he's we, Russell Brand. Yeah, he, because he's a crazy millionaire. Uh, like an incredibly good stand-up comedian. He, uh, it's more sort of like we want to sort of talk about deeper sort of issues. Like we're going to use like new topical news things as like the intro, you know, the, to get us into, but to talk about like, you know, bigger picture things like prison labor and uh, manufactured obsolescence and data mining and data modeling and like these sort of like heady concepts that like these big corporations and like the government used to sort of control you. It's like how... Uh, how, like, a casino is designed to, like, keep you lost and uh-huh. keep you looking at the tables and, like, the flashing money things. Right, right. You know, that, like, they, they put a lot of money into that to figure out how to keep you in there. And so it's, like, sort of using a topical news story to get into something like that. And then you use – and then we just sort of would do something weird with that. And is it just him, or is it going to be a panel of four people? It's him. Can... It's just him, and like wow. we'll do like some, we'll do some like videotapes, and like he has like some people that you know that we're going to do like you know man on the street bits, or you know uh-huh. do like field pieces with. But most part, it's him. That's great. Yeah, and like he can just talk forever. Right, and you think I don't, I've seen him live where girls were actually That's used to crazy. do a show in the afternoon at the whiskey it's on Sunset. Crazy the girls that come out for him. They were just screaming, and he fucking ripped her shreds. He's like, shut up. Yeah. Shut up. I don't love you. I don't stop saying you love me. I'm trying to do stand up here. Yeah. And she's like, ah, she's crying because he <laughs> loves him so much. He he's like the ultimate uh he's the most charming person I've ever met. Like he's just like he the first time you meet him, you're uh-huh. you're like, Oh, he's the best. like he's uh it's like if you've ever met like a politician, like if you've ever met like yeah, yeah. Clinton or anybody. I like, met um well I met the guy Eric Arcetti's running for mayor yeah. in LA. Yeah, he totally was like, hey, you're from New Jersey? Me too, but he's not. You know? But I was like, oh, for a second, I was like, oh, we're both from New Jersey. <laughs> that's the thing. Like, and then he leaves the room, and you're like, this guy should totally be in charge. Yeah. Like, like, that's, like I met John Kerry once. Uh-huh. And, like I talked to him for like 15 minutes. And this was like way before he ran. It was like when I was in college, before he ran for president. And I'm like, this guy should totally be in charge of everything. <laughs> like, this guy. I like this guy. And then like he started his campaign, and I was like, oh, this guy's terrible. This is a huge mistake. Yeah. I was drunk. <laughs> God, I wish he wasn't running against George Bush so I didn't have to vote for him. <laughs> <laughs> Great. Well, thank you very much, Mason. Oh, thank you. You're welcome. You're on Twitter? Yeah. What is that? Uh, all you can eat shrimp, but it's spelled weird. 
I will put it up on the website. It's, I'm proudly resents.com. A L U Canny Trim. Ah, sounds about right. Since I don't read books, it sounds right. I had to make it short. It's just a, whatever. Well, that's, I don't write a lot on there anyway. <laughs> well, if you <laughs> it's don't. probably for the best. I don't know the name of what it is that you write on. Yeah. Well, if you're a PA and you want to steal jokes from somebody, go to All You Can Eat Shrimp. Yeah, that's uh, at Twitter. What's that guy's Twitter handle? I want to steal your bit. Can't say it. Uh, but I'm you know it, though, right? Yeah, because yeah, you're fucking I mad. Still, I still follow it. <laughs> <laughs> I read it every day and I get angry. And, like, there are other people I know that follow it. And, like, I'm like, fuck. If he has something like, funny, like, who did he steal that from? Yeah, no, I'm just like, look what he wrote today. Mm. <laughs> mm. Must be nice. Yeah, well, if you're listening, you know who you are. <laughs> Thanks, man. Adam, we're we're out of time for this interview. All right, Cannibal Run style outtakes. Start, reco- start recording. This is the guy talking to Mike since I turned it down to him. Hello? Is that? Get right that? in, baby. How's that? That's good. It's weird. It's not going to be awkward at all. No, we're leaning in? <laughs> yeah. But just don't kiss me. Or kiss me. I don't care. Listen. See how it goes. That's good. I like, I like that there's no rules. It's like Outback Steakhouse. There's no rules. Just fun or whatever it is. Just old steak. <laughs> <laughs> just dry steak just dry steak and fried onions <laughs> it's really interesting um why is my computer is dying so this is proudly resents proudly resents.com adam spiegelman here at jew and writer mason mason steinberg jew first writer second yeah yeah about it's, the same it's weird i'm i'm Completely Jewish, but I'm only half a writer. <laughs> your mom's yeah, side. Um, well, on my dad's side, so I don't even yeah, think it counts. It doesn't count. Oh, yeah, sorry. That's what they told me in writer school. Every week, when I have to go every Wednesday to writer school. Uh, oh, so after, yeah. after regular school? Yeah, after it was. Yeah, man, I really got Jewed on that deal. <laughs> I got writer done. <laughs> I got Jewed on the writer deal. Oh. So uh, Mason wrote for the writes for lots of things. We're writing for Russell Brand right now. Yes. Uh, Can we say that? Yeah, I think so. It's more producing, but like, yeah, it's. I mean, it's yeah, it's sort of writing. Yeah, I am a writer. You're a writer, and you're producing the Russell Brand shows coming on FX, and yes. you've also written for uh, Robin Williams, and uh, who else? Uh, or uh, George Lopez. Yeah, George Lopez. I wrote for George Lopez's show, and so I just other like comedians and stuff. 
Right. No, no. I don't know how many I can say. There's a lot, though. More than one. More than one. Yeah. Two. It's two. <laughs> it's actually two. It's, it's two. Lopez and Williams, which isn't bad, too, if you're going to have to only have two. Well, I wrote, uh, for, I wrote for George's uh, American voice and his Mexican voice. So I count that as two. That is two. Okay. So oh, it's the same Oh, joke. so three. So, so three, three people. Okay. American George and Cello George. <laughs> or Cello George and Mexican George. Yeah. It's weird. They're, they're both great guys, though. Both good guys. There's uh, hammering going on. Should we just cut this and go outside? And go okay. move the location? I don't care. Whatever you, you want to do. It's not picking up, but it's... It's not my, it's not my show. You know, I'm going to play it back. See. All right, we took a quick stop because... Um, well, because it was hammering, and then when it was ready to move, the hammering stopped. It's a great story. It's a great story. Let me open with that. We should. Uh, we should take that. Yeah, we should jot that down so we don't lose any of the this, nuances. Next this is time. the kind of stuff that uh, Mason writes for the big peoples, for the big comics. Yeah, uh, just the big ones. You know, your Louis Andersons, your. <laughs> I mean, the larger. Guys. Oh yeah! Oh yeah! I go. I, mean, I guess they are Earth. larger too. Yeah. Your John Panettes. How was writing for Louis Anderson? Was that just awkward? <laughs> it was good. It was. Uh, I mean, it was. It was like writing for any other comedian except more gravy. <laughs> it's just on his clothes. You his mean clothes, couch. What he's he likes to keep it around. I think it makes him feel comfortable. He feel uh, it's funny. He gets weird when he's not near gr- gravy. Yeah. He. Uh, he. Well, he just likes to be within reaching, like arm's reach of some gravy. It's. Uh. It's weird, and his hands form a perfect ladle. Oh, really? Yeah. yeah. Oh, that he just kind of scoops it up and he can. Yeah, I think people adapt, like Darwinism and all that. I think that makes sense with him. <laughs> no, per- I mean, yeah, no, it's it's one of those things that, like, you don't think of it, but then when you see it, you go, oh, yeah, that makes total sense. This guy can throw his own uh, gravy around like a monkey in a cage. <laughs> but what do you think? Do you know about that whole thing about him uh, taking money for opening acts? No. So there was a whole big controversy. This guy taught comedy classes, which is fine. Is it Louis Anderson? No, well, he got Louis Anderson involved, and this guy guarantees you to be a headliner. That's uh-huh. the problem. And then guarantees that you can open up for Louis Anderson in Vegas. So basically, Louis Anderson and him are selling spots. They're cahoots. Yeah. Louis Anderson teaches. He comes and talks. And that's awesome. That's so awesome. he's selling his opening spot for that's, his Vegas show. That's awesome. My mom tried to send me to a stand-up comedy class. Uh-huh. Like, and like, I, I was like working. Like, I like had jobs. As a writer, writer as like a comedy writer, and uh, and I have horrible stage fright. Like I like I turn Amish <laughs> when the camera turns on. Uh, Brandon Monk, who we used to work with, said uh, he was like, "It's like it's stealing your soul. It's like we can see it stealing your soul." <laughs> and uh, and so my mom like was like, hey, "You should go do stand up comedy class in Reseda," and I was like, "I don't mean to be a dick or like arrogant, but like I." I I'm willing to bet I'm funnier than this guy. Well, you do it for a living. Yeah, I'm like, uh, I, I, I'm willing to bet that if this guy, whoever, whatever his name is, was given the opportunity to switch places with me and have me teach his comedy class in Reseda at <laughs> 8 o'clock on a Tuesday and he could go to my job as a writer on a highly acclaimed MTV show. What? I'm just kidding. It was a terrible show. Was uh, Andy Milnakis? No, no. It was called DJ and the Pro. It was actually a funny show, but they hated it. DJ and Noah? DJ and the Fro. Uh, you might recognize the Fro because uh, he won an Oscar last weekend for writing Descendants. Uh, he he played the Fro on the show. Uh-huh. But it was like a, it was like a show that uh, had cancer, 
Like uh, MTV loved it one day, and then the next day, they just hated it. And they oh, figured really? the best way for it to build a following was to move it every day, the, the time that it was on. So it was on a different time every day. It was supposed to be a daily show? It was a daily show. It was Monday through Thursday. And like Monday was on at like three, Tuesday was on at like five, Wednesday, like they literally. Different episodes? Yeah, the different episodes, like the premiere time. Uh-huh. It's like uh, if if they, if NBC had been like, you know what, uh, Law and Order is, we really like it, so uh, we're going to move it every week that it's on, so people have to find it. Right. With no warning. On. Yeah. So uh, this was a huge success. Yeah, yeah, yeah. One of your, it's on your resume. 